Shire back here on the Thursday Short Thing, Sure Thing Pick'em Show. As big weekend of college football is ahead, Warren Shore here with Ryan Silva. And uh, check us out on Sunday nights, Talk Radio 1190 from 7 to 8 p.m. Also, iHeartRadio app. That's probably the best way to listen to us live on Sunday nights right now as the signal has been shut down uh, with the daylight savings time. So hard to hear us on the signal. So go fire up the iHeartRadio app, search Talk Radio 1190, get it to favorites on the app, and then listen to us from 7 to 8 p.m. Also, subscribe, rate, review on SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio podcast as well and then check us out on Twitter at the short thing I had that f- video Ryan you see a Booger McFarlane on Monday night no, uh, yeah, I had about a, going crazy about uh, about Dak and then throwing an interception right yes after. it was very good he said Dak was uh, unprecedented confidence uh, which is very uh, uh, lots of hyperbole on the on that bro- on that broadcast and there was a pick got a lot of views so that's good so we'll Get some funny clips coming out there, uh, hopefully, when I'm seeing them. But, all right, last week, quick recap. College, not good for me. I went 2-5-1, uh, and one, and that moves the record to 42-31-4, uh, and four, so just hovering above 500. But tough couple of weeks, but uh, usually I have a good well, bounce back. What's your back. record now? 42-35-4. and four. Okay. And then uh, NFL, another goose. Yikes! Is that three I mean, in a row? No, no. I had a. I got one <laughs> game right the week. No, I got two right last week. Um, the problem is okay. So I went back into the math. I sent in week, uh, week six. I was sitting at twelve, twelve, and one. Uh, week five, I went oh three and one. Then rallied with the two and three, and then I've gone. Uh, 0 and 5, 2 and 3, and 0 and 5. And it's just been rough in the NFL. And that's a week four. I dropped a like a goose in there or whatever. And last week, I don't think I was doing that bad. The Niners give up an 88 yard touchdown late. Yeah. To not cover the Vikings plus two and a half, can't close it out. Uh, the Browns. I I mean they just they lost. And then the Titans. That was probably the bad game. And then the Jags. I thought they were going to play well in London. It's just. Uh, the Vikings and the 49ers, I feel like I should have picked off uh, one of those there. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that, that, the 88-yard uh, the t- touchdown in the San Francisco game, that, that hurts. Um, in college last week, not bad. I went 5-5-1, five, five and one, uh, brings my overall record to 47-48-2, so I'm literally Mr. 500 there, uh, just a tad under. In uh, the NFL, not a great week for me either. I went 1-4, at least snuck one in there. Um, Texans is the only one I got. I was on Minnesota as well. Who would have thought the Packers were going to get blown out? And same thing with the Pats. I thought the Pats were going to be able to beat Baltimore, no problem. And then the Jets are just the Jets. You're not going to make a whole lot of money betting on the Jets. And that was very evident last week. Uh, so my overall record is at 19-26. and 26. So your boy's not looking great in NFL. And that's usually where I make my money. But the NFL has just been so weird this year. I mean, the home teams went 12-0, and 0, I think I it was, know. last week. Um, so, I mean, just absolute bananas. So, you know, the only, still looking for the big regroup week. The only team not to cover at home was the Giants. Yeah. They were the only home team. They were 12-0 yeah. and 0 on, on Thursday and, and on Sunday. Right. It's just they've, there's been a couple ones. There was another week when the underdogs were – 
what, like 11 and 2 or something like that? The 11 first, and like, 1? It seems like the first like four or five weeks, underdogs and road teams were just cashing in left and right. Road teams have won at a 58% clip this season. That's, that was, that's falling. I think it was at like 63 or 64 just two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so they've been hot, but it's a new week ahead, and uh, I, I haven't been able to read the NFL all season long. I'm not going to. I mean, like I said, I don't think anybody has been. It's been it's been so weird, so yeah. wild. Teams that you think are good end up laying eggs. Teams that you think are bad end up playing well. Uh, everything in between. It's just you know, one bounce of the ball goes one way or the other, and all of a sudden you you catch an L. I will say on the Patriots, I think you kind of walked into that one. Like that Ravens only getting three at home, like that's a little stinky right there. Yeah, I mean, I've. I've but again, just like you're not going to make a whole lot of money betting on the Jets, you're not going to make a whole lot of money betting against the first, Patriots. Oh, for so, sure, for sure, so. for sure. No, I you you are right there. You are right there. All right, so college big weekend uh, this weekend. You got some good games. We'll save the Alabama game for later. The first one I want to talk about: Penn State and Minnesota. Yeah, that one's 11 a.m. And I do like what Fox does with the 11 a.m. kick. There, the last couple of years there was like a lull from like the end of game day. If you watch game day. To the 230 kicks from the 11 games, there weren't that many good ones, but now they're putting a big game there on Fox. Um, uh, so I like what they're doing there. And this week, that game is – oh, that game's actually on uh, ABC, actually, so that's my bad. The Fox game's an Ohio State game. But Penn State number four in the college football rankings, those are the rankings we go by, not just because Ohio State's number one, but that's what we go by. Minnesota's number 17. The thing about Minnesota, 8-0, they have played pr- zero. They haven't played anyone. The thing is, though, they are—they have been just dominating teams since October started. They got off to a slow start against South Dakota State. They won by seven, double OT at Fresno. Home, they win by three against uh, Georgia Southern, and then at Purdue they win by seven. Since October, the calendar has turned. The closest margin of victory, it is 23 points. That was a home win against Illinois. Other than that, they've only allowed – uh, 24 points since their game against Nebraska on uh, October 12th. So their defense has been playing great. They are coming off a bye week, and they host Penn State. And Penn State, I feel like this game is going to – Penn State's going to get off to a quick lead, and they get conservative like James Franklin does, and then Minnesota comes marching back. That's how I see this game playing out. Uh and I think Penn State ends up winning, but I think it's a close. I don't. I think it's a close game. I, I think Minnesota like they. I don't think they ever really. If they win the Big Ten, they're probably in the college football playoff just because you win the Big Ten and you go undefeated. But I don't think they're like Rose Bowl team this year or anything like that. I think they're a fine top fifteen college football team. But I, I and I think they keep it close against Penn State just because Penn State's going to get conservative. James Franklin also has a track record of not winning. Uh, big games or having a tough time in big games. And, and I think P.J. Fleck is a master motivator. And at 17 and you're 8-0 in the Big Ten, I think that's just all the motivation that P.J. needs. Yeah, uh, this is definitely you know very interesting game uh, for for a lot of people, um, not just Big Ten fans. You know, I'm not a big, I'm not a huge believer in Penn State. They've obviously played great. They've played, been playing really well. Um, and I'm not going to say that they don't deserve to be in the top four right now. But I kind of feel like they don't deserve to be in the top four right now. You know, it's just I I, I think Penn State loses this game. Um, how confident am I in that? Not super confident. Um, I'm not. It, it's on my card, but I'm not picking a side there. So you can probably guess which way I'm going. Um, I think Minnesota 
is legitimate. I, you know, it's just the Big Ten. I, I really, and I'm not saying this to take a jab. Like I just, I can't take any other Big Ten team seriously other than Ohio State. Like if any of them are ever threatening to be in that top, uh, in the top four, top five, top six, whatever, I just, I just can't take them seriously because they have a track record of just not performing other than Ohio State. So I think this is going to be a good game. I think this is going to be – I think it's appointment television for this weekend. Um, but when it comes down to it, I really think when we look back in January or whatever, this game is really going to mean nothing because neither of these two teams are going to be there. Yeah, and then the rankings, I mean, Penn State, if they win this, they have to play Ohio State. So, it like, it's going to even itself. Right. It evens itself out no matter what. But the Penn State defense is legit. Penn that, State defense is good, and their rushing de- and their rushing uh, attack is good. So, you know, that's that's Big Ten football right there, right? Um, but again, I still, like you said, James Franklin hasn't come up with a big win, uh, yet in his tenure at Penn state, Minnesota, nice story so far this year, but you know, we always kind of see these, um, you know, obviously Minnesota is not a mid major team, but you know what I mean? Kind of those lesser, those smaller power five schools, um, kind of fizzle out there at the end. Or it's just the non non-traditional f- football powers that have good seasons. I right. Think. Um, yeah, the the Penn State offense. I mean, they got KJ Hamler. He's electric, uh, the, a receiver for them. He's their deep threat. And then one of the guys who I actually covered in high school, Noah Kane. He's a freshman. Uh, I saw him play at Denton Guyer's freshman year. The guy is incredible. I thought he was like a senior when he was fifteen. I was. I had to look at the stats. I was like, "There's no way he's he's a he's a freshman." But he's like their lead rusher. He's a stud. I just think that Penn State is the more uh, they got more experience. You could say in 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 the big games. And I feel like when you're at home in a big game, there's way more pressure on you. Like this is one of the things I'm going to be saying about LSU. Alabama. I think it's better. LSU is playing on the road. I feel like Minnesota's there. They could start off a little bit slow just because of the pressure. And PJ Fleck, I saw on Twitter, he's asking for, that's not a sellout yet, which is surprising in Minnesota. Um, but yeah, this is a, this is a, this I did check out the forecast too. Not supposed to be too cold. Up only there. 40. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this is just a, I think this is just a grinded out type of game, uh, for both teams. I think Penn State ends up prevailing, uh, in that one. The other game, a couple more to talk about. Quick look, we could take around the Big Twelve. There's a couple. There's, I think there's some fascinating games in the Big Twelve. Kansas State, Texas is fascinating, especially since Kansas or Kansas State, excuse me, Kansas State is 16th in the college football rankings, which is, uh, I'm pretty surprised about. They're a good team. Solid team and Texas unranked. Yeah. The fact that Oklahoma State's ranked twenty third and Texas is not ranked, that seems a little fishy to me. I know Texas is not is not having a great season. They've been hampered by injuries, but that's a little weird. The line in that seven and the over is fifty seven and a half. Texas coming off a bye. I feel like this I don't get this game. I feel like Texas or Kansas State is gonna score a ton of points on Texas. And it's how 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 many is Texas going to concede, and are they going to be able to go toe to toe with? Are they going to go point for point with Kansas State? Yeah, I mean, I it's um, it's definitely. I mean, Texas is still Texas is favored in this game, correct? Or are they the dog? No, they're favored. They're, yeah, okay. So, uh, um, I think they'll be able to go toe to toe. I think the I think the offenses will be able to to uh, you know battle it out. I mean, I'm it. It's just one of those things where, yeah, Texas has been hampered quite a bit by injuries. Their rushing game has been, you know probably one of the biggest sore spots for them because they've only had one running back on their roster healthy it seems like and the other one was a converted quarterback um but i i i I think this is one of those games where you're obviously the better football talented school um you kind of you know the big brother in the in the division where 
you don't let K-State come in and just roll. You're just going to roll over. I think Texas goes toe-to-toe with them. I don't even know if it's going to be toe-to-toe, maybe a 10, 14-point win for Texas. But I think uh, I think Texas wins this game pretty easily. I wouldn't say a walkover, but I think this game is over before the fourth quarter starts. I'll go out and go out on right. them and say that. All right, another one at 11, Baylor at TCU. Baylor is uh, two-point – Two and a half point favorites at TCU. TCU, I, people, the line is surprising to me. The fact that TCU's quarterback hurt his hand in the fourth quarter last week. Then their backup, Michael Collins, came in. He got hurt. And then they had two quarterbacks announced they're transferring this week. So do they even have a healthy quarterback on the team, or what's going on? Uh, what's going on with the quarterback situation at TCU? They had so many turnovers last week against Oklahoma State. I felt like they should have won that, or at least covered. And with uh, with um, like I mentioned, the quarterback injuries. Max Duggan is supposed to play. He's the he's the main he's the main guy, but he hurt his hand. I don't see how Baylor doesn't win this. I guess it's going to be close because TCU at home against Texas played well, but they were healthy then. And then a look ahead spot next week because then Baylor hosts Oklahoma, which is a huge game. But uh, I think Baylor just rolls away with this one. Yeah, 100%. So wholeheartedly agree. When I saw that line, I had a double take because I thought it should have been much, much bigger. Um, yeah, I, I don't see this game being very close. Uh, Bay- Baylor has been just been playing really pretty solid. They almost slipped up last week against uh, uh, West Virginia. And so, you know, made the, I think this is a good bounce-back game right before we have to host Oklahoma, which is going to be the biggest game of the year for Baylor this year, um, you know, should they win. And... Uh, you know, if if Baylor beats that beats Oklahoma, I think I think we could see them vault up to the top five, top six spot, um, being undefeated in the Big Twelve, beating Oklahoma, and uh, I just think, like you said, maybe Vegas thinks this is kind of a look ahead game. Maybe you slip up against TCU because you're looking ahead to uh, OU and coming off a, a tough win against West Virginia, an unexpected tough win. But all in all, I think Baylor Baylor should take this. You know, you might look at it and think it's a trap game because that line's so small, but I think you'd be dumb not to take the take the uh, points here or yeah. lay the points. I should say lay the points and get Baylor. And the public loves TCU in this game, so that's another sharp money is on the Bears. So I like that. And then finally, Alabama at uh, host LSU six and a half. Are you surprised about this line? A little bit. Uh, the over the total is sixty three now. It opened at like sixty five and a half, so people are hitting the under pretty hard. I feel like this is the same thing with Georgia, Florida last week. We were on Florida six and a half, and they covered by they won by seven. But like going into that but game, Florida's fraud. So, uh, that but going really into apply here, but, apples and oranges. Hold on, but this the point is everybody going into that game loved Florida, like loved them. The the six and a half loved the six and a half. I have not heard a lot of people. If any, say uh, everyone's on LSU in this game. Yeah, everybody's in on LSU, and I, I almost feel like we're just since Alabama hasn't looked. Uh, I mean, they've they've played good football. They've played what they normally have. They just haven't. Blo- they've blown out the team they're supposed to. Uh, the defense gives up more points than normal. It's still the eleventh ranked uh, defense in uh, defensive efficiency in the country. It's no slouch. I just feel like the standard for Alabama has gotten so high where if they have, they're not like just perfect every single time. You, you, everybody just looks past them. And Tua, I think if if Vegas was really concerned about Tua's injury, this line would be around like three and a half or four, because they know everyone's going to take LSU because they think he's hurt and they're fine with the number. I feel like. 
Would you agree with that? Yeah, uh, to to a d- degree for sure. It's, I th- I still think you have to question Tua's injury because um, now he's injured both ankles in back to back years. He's had to have surgery on both ankles in back to back years. Um, you know, so I I it, it's also one of those things where it's like, yeah, Alabama's a victim of their own success right now. Where if they're not, they don't have an absolutely flawless defense. Um, that you know everyone kind of. Uh, not looks past them, but, you know, kind of thinks, oh, this isn't the same Alabama defense we're used to. It's like, bro, we're still a top 12 or a top 11 defense uh, in the nation. Whereas, you know, on the other side of the ball with LSU, this is probably one of the – probably the best LSU offense we've ever seen. We've talked about Joe Burrow at length on this show and just how he's been great in this new system and how the front seven of LSU is just uh, filthy on that defensive side of the ball too. I like this game. I have this game on my card. I think I should force you to take this game as well. Don't care which side. I think just a, this magnitude of game, we should both have this game on our cards. But what about a total? No, you got to pick a side. I don't like pick any side. side. I don't pick like any side. side. If I had to pick a side, I'll say this. If I had to pick a side, I'd take Alabama laying the points. Alabama, lock it in. No, nope, no, nope, that's on not the on the official card. God, you're such a little. Why? Why am I going to bet a game that I don't like? I mean, I don't, it doesn't even matter if it's some, a big game. Have some, have some huevos, some cajones, some onions. It's called bankroll management. <laughs> Sounds like and record management. management. Yeah, I got you're, you're eleven. Hurt. I got eleven game card. I got ten game, eleven game cards. Not like I'm, not like I'm not not backing away, picking four games a week. I just, I, I first of all, I think LSU benefits from playing on the road because they have so much pressure at home against Alabama, and whenever something goes wrong against Alabama, the, the fans just are, oh, here we go again, and the vibe gets just pathetic down there. Mm-hmm. It's not a good vibe. So I think it benefits them getting on the road. I do think, though, do you think there's going to be a lot of points in this one? No. Because I don't. I think Alabama's just going to run the ball a lot. And yeah, I think see, they're going to be able to run the ball effectively. You know, looking at the total of being as high as it is, um, and then people just hammering the under, you could say that's square money. Just everyone's like, oh, it's Alabama LSU. They're not going to score a lot of points. But when you look at it, yeah, I mean, I just – that's a ton of points for both of these teams to put up against each other. I mean, everyone remembers the – what was it, the 9 6 game. Yeah, I don't everyone, think it's going to be that. No, definitely not. I, I, I agree. I mean, I think I think both teams reach the 20s. Maybe one team gets in the 30s, you know, a 32-28 type game or, or, or 33-27, something like that. Um, but I to see both both teams get up in the in the upper 30s, um, I guess that doesn't necessarily have to happen, but still, I I don't see this game getting over. What would you say? It's down to sixty three and a half. Sixty three, yeah, yeah. I just uh, I I don't think it'll be that high of a scoring game, but I do think you know we see maybe three or four touchdowns on both sides of the ball, or excuse me, both teams. I will say, look how LSU played against Auburn last week. It was at home, but Auburn's got about a, an athletic as defensive line in the country, Very much right, so, up yeah. Very much. Au- right up there with uh, right up there with Alabama's, and they. A couple weeks ago, they couldn't do. They couldn't really do a lot against against that front. I mean, it was, that was the only reason it was close was because the Auburn defense was keeping it in. Yeah, and I just Saban too. He's just hearing that. I don't want to say anyone's nobody's giving him a chance, but I mean, everyone. As I said earlier, everyone's on LSU, and you know he's he's gonna motivate. He's the master motivator. Mm-hmm. Just the fake bulletin board material <clears throat> on the wall. He'll print out fake stories. I think. I just. I've just. I feel like Alabama's going to win. I feel like 31-24 is what this game kind of feels like to me. Okay, yeah. 31-24, just maybe a late touchdown. or so. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, I just think Alabama is the better team, 
even though LSU is ranked higher, which is fine. It's just I, they've played a they've played a, a better schedule than than um, than uh, Alabama has so far. So the, before we get into our picks, what do you think about the rankings? Uh, it, I mean, <clears throat> I think it was a bold move by the committee to go four teams from two conferences. Uh, you know, obviously number one Ohio State, Bama, LSU two and three, and then Penn State four. Uh, I think that was a very bold move. Obviously, we've seen this first ranking really doesn't mean a whole lot. Um, you know, just kind of a base mark. I still think. See, I go back and forth. Either give me. A ranking, a playoff ranking, the last week of the season, you don't you don't have a lead up to it, and you just say, all right, these are the four that are in, or let's start it at the beginning of the season, and just like you know the AP, just like you know all the other the coaches polls, whatever polls you want to go by, we we will have a preseason college football playoff ranking, and then kind of roll in from there. But like I said, I go back and forth because I also kind of like the mid season rankings as well. But they really don't mean anything, so I don't know where I'm at. No, I like this because it gives you like a benchmark for what it is. Like, and I it, it kind of kind of shows you how teams progress and how the committee progresses in yes, thinking about teams. I hate too. the yeah. preseason rankings because the, nobody knows anything, right? And that's just so dumb. It's all based on last year, and then guys are turning and stuff like that. But uh, like we said earlier, I mean LSU, Alabama obviously play this week, so one of them's probably going to drop out of the top four, and then Ohio State and Penn State. If Penn State wins this week, one of them is going to drop out. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much it's sorting itself out. But the right. guy that loves this is Dabo, saying, "Oh, no one's respecting us." This yeah. and that. It works out for him. I will say, I'm fat. Oklahoma at nine seems like they're on a way they're on a big uphill battle. Especially with the two Pac-12 teams ahead of them. Yeah, like they are was... a huge. They got it. So if you assume both of them, if they went out, that's going to turn into like a quarterfinal X to maybe squeak into the in the last four spot, and uh, that's a big uphill climb for Oklahoma. And even with Georgia, they're pretty much saying Georgia's loss against South Carolina was a fluke. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think they're getting Georgia's getting punished enough for losing at home when they're twenty-one point favorites to a third string quarterback i feel like they should have been farther down the list rather than six yeah that's just i agree you you have to have some consequences for losing i agree and you look at oklahoma who lost to kansas state and they're ranked 16th ninth oh kansas state 16th yeah right exactly so that's what i'm saying and so you're and they lost was the georgia game was at home they lose it as a 21 point favorite oklahoma you can make the argument going to manhattan in kansas state uh you know a little bit tougher obviously they were still big favorites but i mean they lost to a better team than what Georgia lost to. Um, so, you know, the other hand, you can say that Oklahoma's best win right now is against Texas, who has three losses. And, yeah. and Georgia's best win right now is against Florida, who I think only has two losses. So, you know, you could you could kind of make the argument there, but I think what's really wild is Utah being ahead of OU. I'm okay with Oregon being ahead of OU, but Utah being ahead of OU I think is a head-scratcher. Um, I think their only loss on the season is to Washington. Who, no, USC on a Friday Or night. USC, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was to USC. But again, a, another team that's sitting at three or four losses in USC, that it's playing, they're playing better than what they started off the season. But still, Utah sitting there ahead of OU, I think, was was a bit of a head-scratcher there. Um, getting back to what you said, though, about Dabo, yeah, he's sitting he's sitting in the prime position of, you know, look at us, you know, we're national champions, we're turning, uh, we're returned most our offense. Yeah, we lost a few guys on defense. We're starting to blow guys out again. Um, sure, we almost slipped up against North Carolina, but we still came away victorious. I don't know why they're being punished for that. Um, but, uh, I mean, they, they're sitting primed to, to just jump right back in this top four after these things sort of sort themselves out. All right, to the cards we go. You want to lead us off this week? 
Uh, sure. Uh, so we'll start off. Um, I got Washington minus 10 at Oregon State. Um, I have the Kansas State-Texas over 57.5. Like I said earlier, I think both teams are going to score a lot of points. Um, I like Tech minus 2.5 at West Virginia. West Virginia plays better at home than they do on the road. Um, but I, And Tech... Not playing great football. I don't feel a whole. I don't feel great about this pick, but you know, sometimes you just gotta throw throw one on. Unlike Warren, I just Why sometimes throwing them on. <laughs> uh, I got the Penn State Minnesota over over forty seven and a half. I think both teams can score quite a bit of points. Both teams are hovering right around the thirty nine points uh, per game area. Uh, I think Minnesota's like at thirty eight points something, and and Penn State Penn State's right at uh, thirty nine. So I like the over forty seven there. I like Baylor minus two and a half. I alluded to that earlier. I like Illinois plus fourteen and a half at Michigan State. Michigan State, I think, stinks. Um, the fact that Illinois is catching just a bit over two touchdowns, I think, is great, and that's where the money should be. I like Virginia plus two and a half, or excuse me, Virginia Tech plus two and a half at Wake Forest. Wake Forest playing a little bit better. I'm so mad at myself. Speaking of Wake Forest, they played NC State last week, and they were like seven seven point favorites. And I was like, how did I not take that? Luckily, I bet them. I bet them, and they won by a landslide. But when I was looking at that, I was like, how did I not put that on my card for the show? Because that was easy money. Does that ever happen to you when you're looking oh, at games Saturday one. morning and you're like, how is that game not on my radar to begin with? Yeah, that happened to me last week, Boston College. I took a money line mm-hmm. against Syracuse, mm-hmm. and they put up 63. And I was like, why did I not? Why did I not do that? Or why did I? I just glazed over. I just glanced over. Yeah. I'm like, what? Well, yeah. I, I hate that. Always, always happens. Um, so I like this one. This might seem like a square pick, but Iowa, Wisconsin, I like over 38. Um, you know, two uh, Big Ten teams that are, are very defensive heavy, and it's like, oh, 38 points, you're just going to take the over because it's a low total. Yep, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, I like OU minus 14.5 versus Iowa State. I like Cincinnati minus 21 first half against UConn. The, the line for the game, I think, sits around like 32 or 35. 35. Um, so I'm going to take Cincinnati minus 21 in the first half. And then, unlike Warren, I'm going to put my stones on the table and take LSU plus 6.5 at Bama. All right. I uh, also have Cincy minus 21 first half. Oh, nice. I also have Clemson first half minus 17.5 and, and the over in that game, 53. Uh, NC State allowed how many to wake last week? 48, 49? A ton, yeah. I think they Clemson could hit 50 on their own, 56 on their own, seven touchdowns on their own in first half. As I mentioned, Dabo motivation for Saturday's game. Okay, this game I'm going back and forth on what to do. Boston College, Florida State. It's the Red Bandana game. Yeah. Uh, Boston College minus two. But Florida State's got the interim head coach. The interim head coach was the interim when Jimbo – well, the, the last time Florida State had an interim, this guy was the coach. He went 2-0. Mm-hmm. And it's the Red Bandana game. I want to take Boston College minus two, but I'll take the over 63 instead. I think there's going to be a lot of points okay. in that one. Uh, f- tonight on Thursday, USF, Temple over 48. I almost took that. And I kind of like USF. Ooh, I was on the other side. Temple hasn't covered on the road all season. Mm. So that's why if that's a lean. We'll give a lean out there um, as Ryan smiles. Minus Baylor. I have Baylor minus two and a half. Uh, the most, the bet I'm, the pick I'm most confident in this week is Louisville, plus six and a half at Miami. Beat Florida State last year. Florida State saw this on Twitter, or uh, Miami. The last six years, or last six years after the Florida State game, they were one and five against the spread. Mm. And I think Louisville coming off a bye week, plus six and a half, love them. Even sprinkle the money line. 
Uh, Kansas State, uh, Texas, over with you there, 57.5. Iowa State, Oklahoma State, over 67. I think that game smells like 40, 28, something in that range. And then Nevada, Utah State. No, Nevada, San Diego State, under 39.5. One game San Diego State's played in this year has been over. And then Purdue Northwestern under thirty nine and a half. Tell me how that game gets over. Yeah, I know. I was thinking the same thing. Um, Northwestern hasn't scored a touchdown since the first weekend in October. Yeah, I don't get how that gets over. And Purdue Northwestern's favored. Yeah, another crazy thing. Yep. But uh, so that's my ten, eleven, whatever, however, however many game card uh, we got. All right, Cowboys got the luck of a black cat on their side Monday night because uh, it was looking. Shaky. I don't know. Like, I still think they were going to win the game just because of the ineptitude of the Giants in the red zone. But the Black Cat definitely changed the tide in that one. And uh, they ended up winning, blowing away the Giants. Well, it was close in the fourth quarter, though. Like, we were talking on Monday at work or Tuesday about the pass interferences. That one on Ingram, the Giants challenged in the late in the fourth quarter on like a second down when they were in the red zone. That didn't uh, go through. They didn't win the challenge, and then the next drive when the Cowboys scored the touchdown to go up, I think it was two scores. The one on DeAndre Baker on third down, that was unlucky. Didn't really think that was a pass interference. And they took advantage of it, so that was kind of the turning point uh, of the game, I thought. But, look, the, the Cowboys, after a slow start, which I was wondering how the start was going to be coming out of the bye, they did not look like they were coming. They looked like they were coming off a bye. They didn't play in a week. And they just took care of business what they should against the Giants. And they now, what, won seven in a row against the Giants, six in a yeah. row, something like that. And uh, the uh, Hot Boys, which I didn't know was a thing. Did you know that's what they called Did themselves, the defensive that. line? No. Did not know that. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence out here trying to secure the bag even more with T-shirts with the black cat and the Hot Boys chains on it. And uh, he played great on Monday night. I thought he was fantastic. And they did it without Leighton Vanderesh. So that was was a good defensive performance, creating turnovers, which Daniel Jones does. He turns the ball over a lot. And the offense showed up when they needed to in the second half. Yeah, um, you know, for as as wide as the scoring margin was towards the end of the game, obviously the uh, fumble, uh, the scoop and score helped that. I never really felt like the Cowboys were in command of this game. Like, I always felt like it was one bounce of the ball, one little interception from something, and the Giants would – obviously be right back in it because they were never they, i don't think they were ever out of it uh, you know for is what i'm trying to say is you know it could have just taken one thing for the giants to be right back ahead of the uh of the cowboys and i never felt like that it was like okay you know the cowboys are up six now it's this is fine or they're up five or whatever it was you know they're they're in the clear i just it was you know for as dominating as i think it should have been for the cowboys it, it just absolutely wasn't like you said a, a nice little get right game after a bye week um, they just came out lethargic and slow, and I'm sure a lot of Cowboys fans were were kind of shaking in their boots. Uh, you know, start of the game with uh, with the Giants getting out to an early lead, but good teams find a way to win games. Like you said, that third down uh, pass interference. See, I think it was pass interference. I think it was it was warranted there. Um, at least a defensive holding or, or or illegal contact there, but there there definitely was a penalty there on on uh, on uh, who was a Baker. Yeah, but uh, then you got to call the one on Ingram because no, that one was. And I know you agree with that, but you got to call. You got to call it that. That's the point of the review, and we've talked about this a lot. There, there's no point in reviewing pass interference, even like that was blatant. Yeah, and you get a new set of downs to the four yard line, you might score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, there was contact there. It's just. 
if, if you're able, I thought Shermer should have reviewed the other one just out of spite. Right. Did the old flag spike a la Gary. Seriously, like you're already fed up. Just, you know what, you're down. Just try and challenge it. Maybe see, we'll see what you can get, yeah. And who cares? You know what? If they don't overturn it, then it proves even more what a sham of, sham of a system it is and how they just did it to appease the Saints in case there is another just brain fart by the official in, an, in a playoff game. That's pretty much what it is for. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, just cover their own bases. I think I think the stats right right now is five for fifty three of yes. of of being overturned. The fact that we've gotten to five to me is is wild and shocking because it seemed like those first four weeks they weren't overturning anything, yeah. um, unless it was an egregious call like that, like the one we saw in the Saints Rams game. Um, but yeah, I mean the the Giants had their opportunities. Um, they just never really could capitalize. Saquon wasn't great, and that's obviously who the offense runs through. Daniel Jones, he has eight fumbles on the season so far. That is, I mean. For a quarterback to have eight fumbles, like, hold on to the ball one time, guy. Like, interceptions, all right, fine. You're young. You're still learning the game. You're still, you know, trying to work your way into the NFL. I can get away with a young guy throwing a lot of interceptions. Whereas Peyton Manning, the the story always is he threw, like, 117 interceptions his rookie year. But Daniel Jones have fumbled the ball eight times so far through nine or ten games, whatever it's been. It's like, bud, that I mean, that's that's a liability because a lot of times fumbling issues just don't go away. You can get rid of the interception issues by just getting better, but fumbling, yikes! Yeah, it is. Uh, With that said, I have him streaming on one of my uh, fantasy games, fantasy teams this week. Daniel Jones. Yeah. Oh, they play the Jets. Okay. Yeah. Um, news coming up out of or news coming out today. Amari Cooper, MRI on the knee, reaggravated it at practice. That's not a good sign. Uh, going into this game against the Vikings, which I think they should they should win easily against the Vikings, just because Kirk Cousins' record in primetime games, which is uh, five and twenty, well, that's his record against winning teams is five and twenty six. Uh, and and no Adam Thielen, no Adam Thielen in primetime games. He's six and thirteen, uh, and I think he lost one this year, so six and fourteen. This is from uh, the the middle of September, and uh, yeah, not good. He's not very good. No Thielen. They got Diggs. Who Kyle Rudolph's made a uh, resurgence this yeah. year, um, or a resurgence, uh, excuse me. And uh, <laughs> they do have a good running game, but the Cowboys stuffed Saquon this past week. Yeah. Um, so they should probably be able to do the same thing with the Vikings, but they run a little different zone scheme thing. And uh, the thing about Cooper is I think this is something you might have to get nervous about. Not this week, but down the down the road. He had the hamstring earlier in the year. He's he's been he's had these little like bumps and bruises all year, and now he's caused a mispractice. He had to leave the Jets game early. He thought the bye week might be a uh, healthy health spot for him, a get right, and he's just he's just kind of I think he's kind of going to be like injured all year for the, for the rest of the year. Yeah, you don't want to slap the injury prone tag on the guy, but no, the I'm fact not that, saying that. No, I'm no, just no, saying right, right, lingering yeah, yeah. this year. No, but. Uh, as I finish my thought, just you know, a guy that always seems to have something wrong, and a guy that means so much to this offense, uh, it's it's a tough spot for the Cowboys to be in for sure. Yeah. So, uh, all right, we'll we'll get to the cards on this and a couple closing thoughts after that. All right, start off with the NFL since if you drop a goose, you don't deserve to go first. <laughs> you don't get honors on the no, next. Oh, no honors on the first. <laughs> on the uh, next I like the Chiefs minus three and a half. I feel like I've put the Chiefs on my card three times and they've lost all three times but getting back Patrick Mahomes going against the Titans who aren't very good their offense is pretty much just Derrick Henry right now um Anthony Brown's not bad uh he's got some catches for him for the Titans but I still think the Chiefs cover this three and a half I like the Lions plus two and a half at Chicago I don't know how the Lions are 
the underdog. Um, I know Chicago's defense is good, but they're just getting beat down right now because the offense stinks. Stafford's having a great year. That offense is looking pretty good. Lions defense isn't terrible right now um, under Matt Patricia, so I like the Lions to win this game outright. I do like the Giants minus 2.5 against the Jets. The Jets just look like that entire team is seeing ghosts right now. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on. I like the Seahawks plus 6.5 at San Francisco on Monday night. Um, I don't think they went outright, but I do think this division game, they keep it in, they keep it close. Russell Wilson always comes up big on primetime games, or in primetime games, I should say. Um, the San Francisco defense is sick. Uh, the Seahawks defense definitely not what we're used to seeing, it's but I bad. still think I still think they they keep it they keep it close. And a late change, late change here. Originally, I had the Chargers laying the one and a half against the Raiders, but after thinking about it, I actually kind of like the Raiders in this game. All right, plus one and a half. So with that said, I'm going to take the Ravens minus nine and a half against the <laughs> Bengals. <laughs> I thought you have the Bills this week on the card. You know, I actually almost took the Browns, and I was like, there's, there's no way I'm taking the Browns. Like. I don't know. Oh no! You know what? I typed it up. So I had I had Browns literally typed up, and then I deleted it, and I was like, "Nope." See, everybody's surprised that they're favored. I'm not really surprised. The Bills haven't beat anybody. Yeah, and I know the Browns like they're str- they're they've just they can't gel on offense, but the Bills haven't beat a single team worth anything this year. So that's the thing where you look at the record and you're like, "How is this team the underdog?" I feel like in that game. I gotta ask you a question though. So with the Browns record where it's at right now, obviously they lost the game that they should have won last week against yes. the Broncos. Would you have rather them start off with the schedule that they're finishing with or actually have the schedule they have now? So say they get out to a uh, – they? they're, they're sitting at 2-6 and six right now. So say they start off to a 6-2 and two start playing the, the, the last eight games first. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, play the easy the, – the quote-unquote easier, what we thought easier. First – yeah, oh, yes. You'd rather have that first? Yeah, because then you could build confidence. Okay. And they should have beat the Seahawks. Like, that game That game is the turning point of the season, I think. Like, if, if the season was on the line Sunday, they lost. The season's done. The turning point was Seattle when they were up 20-6 to six and blew it at home. I mean, losing by 30 to Tennessee the first week is tough. Yeah, but that's the, the Browns are 1-19 in, in opener since 1999. So they, like... They don't see. I don't. I don't know if you can use past Brown records with this team because of how much. Ta- this is this is by far the most talented Agreed, team but it's that just, Cleveland's it's the, seen since they came the back. Brown, it's still yeah. the Browns. Like yeah. they don't win openers. Like that's that's just a fact. They don't win openers. Um, but okay, uh, I will take the Chargers minus one and a half tonight. Okay. Uh, even though like, the Raiders are good, the Raiders like, are good. Are good. That's good. the thing. But the Chargers are coming on strong. I think if the Raiders get a good quarterback. Coming up soon, they might get one in the top ten if the Bears keep stinking. But they're sixth in DVOA offense, the the like the analytic offense. Right, yeah. they're, they're sixth in that. That's a quality offense. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with Josh Jacobs. He's been great. He's been he's been he's been really good for a rookie uh, in that offense. And 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 Darren Waller, Darren Waller, Tyrell Williams, who I liked with with San Diego. He was just kind of underutilized there in San Diego. They wanted to bring him back. They just couldn't couldn't pay him. Um, so you know the the Raiders got some pieces there. And they're they're kind of looking smart trading away Khalil and maybe even Amari. You know, I don't know how much yeah. more Amari. You know, but as banged up as he's been, yeah, I think what they what they got in return, um, like for, so I think obviously the Cowboys are happy they got him, but I th- I don't think the Raiders are are super upset. No, I don't think so. Away. The Khalil Mack one, I well with the Bears being terrible this year, that looks like a good trade because they get another high pick. But Cleveland Farrell's only got one sack, yeah, and that was Week One, so he hasn't. It's taken some time for him, but. 
I do like the Chargers minus one and a half because they're playing better. And that Ravens, that Raiders pass defense is not very good. I like the Rams coming off a bye minus three and a half at the Steelers. Don't really think the Steelers had any business winning the game last week against the Colts. Shout out my man Brian Hoyer. Gave him a gift there. And then old man Vinatieri. The Colts could be 7-1 and one if that guy can make a kick. Unreal. Like, he's terrible. Arizona plus 4.5. I'll take them at the Bucks. Miami plus 10 against the Colts just because it's Hoyer. Well, it might be Brissett. Still, injured Brissett. Uh, a knee sprain Brissett. And I think the, the Dolphins are playing better. Like, the whole tanking thing, the players and the coaching staff are not trying to lose the games. It's the front office trading away all the good players to make it harder for you to win games is what's going on. One one quick thing about the uh, the Dolphins coaching staff is Brian Flores scares the absolute crap out of me. How about him getting the Gatorade bath? This <laughs> yeah, week? I, I love that. I love I, that. I, I like that too. But he like yeah, I put him dude. at the top of the list of of head coaches that you want in a street fight. Him and Vrabel are probably one A and one B. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he's a scary mamma jamma there on the sidelines. Yeah, yeah, but I guess my yeah, oh for sure. And you agree with what I'm saying about the Dolphins, right? Like the players Yo. don't go out actively and the coaches are not, how are we gonna lose? Then that's the thing that drives me nuts about like the tanking thing. The players are not trying to lose. Right. This is different than the M- – it's the same thing as the NBA, but guess what? In the NBA, there's only five guys at talent discrepancy. And you're, is, not, is huge. you're not smashing your body into for another sure, human for, sure. for 60 minutes, yes. too. And, you know, that, that's, a, that's, a big t- that's a big part of it, too. For I, sure. You know. For sure. So I like them 10, plus 10 at Indy. I think they can cover it. And then I got uh, the Cowboys minus three. Yeah. Uh, so I got them on the card. That's it. All right. Uh, I just – did you see this tweet from Darren Ravel about the Reddit user? Yes, I was okay. reading that when he walked in. I was, reading that, during, yeah, I was, I was just, reading that when he scroll, walked in. I was scrolling through it now. So James Harden, uh, a couple betting pointers out there. There's First of all, there's a ton of games to bet. Uh, I don't know if you dabbled in college basketball at all this week. Uh, did, uh, did you so far? Did, in college basketball, no, I have not. I did. I've, been, I've been doing pretty well in the NBA so far. Yeah, yeah. NBA, there's, a lot, there's a lot of games going on. Yeah. That's a lot. But uh, this Reddit user analyzed, as it says, James Harden has a particular affinity for the Canadian ballet, um, AKA. And, a, a.k.a. the strip club. So whenever uh, he did a correlation between the strip club city, quality city, and his performance the next day, and it is big time. He goes, Harden's worst performance uh, comes in the city with – or best performance comes in the, in the city with the worst strip clubs. That is Toronto. Whenever they play in Miami, his worst performance comes out. Uh, so they already played in Miami, played terrible. And then Salt Lake City, third-ranked strip clubs. Shout-out to the Mormons. Yeah. So whenever they that. whenever they play in Utah. Do those uh, close at 8 p.m. too, just like everything else <laughs> in Utah? So that's what you got to do. It doesn't give any other cities, though, but check yeah. it out on the Reddit user. That's pretty funny. And then I got one thing. My lock, this could be a lock of the year. Uh, this just com- comes from the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Saturday. Leicester against Arsenal. Arsenal has zero chance to win this game. If they lose, their manager's getting fired. Reports are. I think the players want the man, want the guy gone. Money line, I don't know what it is right now, but Leicester could be the – I'm going to say it is the lock of the year to beat Arsenal. Now, this is not some type of, oh, I like Arsenal, it's a hedge – this and that. Arsenal has they lost yesterday, didn't they? Tied yesterday no, tied. in Europa League, but the game that game didn't really matter. But uh, they have been playing atrocious. Let's take a look. The money line right now is Ars- uh, Leicester's plus money of plus one hundred five. 
Um, and Arsenal's plus 264. I do not see how Arsenal wins this game. So if you're betting Arsenal, that's dumb. I think Leicester, maybe the draw, but definitely Leicester is the bet. Uh, a little early, mixing it with college football. Leicester is for sure the bet. They are third in the table. They're playing great. Arsenal just does not know what they're doing. No system. They just don't know what to do. I think that is like a lock. Add it to the card. Whatever cards we're doing, add add Leicester to win outright against Arsenal. All right, so we're adding Leicester and Bama minus six and a half to Warren's card. Just Leicester. Just Leicester. <laughs> uh, one last thing to continue this segment of stuff I saw scrolling Twitter. Um, obviously, Antonio Brown's going on one of his other tirades yeah. again. He's blowing up. Um, the XFL tweeted, the the official account. Um, oh, wait, nope. It is not an official account. Never mind. Oh, XFL, fake XFL account? Uh, yep, your boy got duped. <laughs> Glad I checked it out before I read it. Am I following a fake XFL account? I swear I was following the real one. Nope. Nope, I'm not. <laughs> then how did that come up on my feed? I don't Maybe know. It was retweeted by somebody else. I don't know. Yep, sure was. All right, well, my <laughs> Bullet dodge there. Are you uh, heading to Popeyes after this, like you did on Sunday? Uh, you want to no. fill the people in on the Popeyes story? Do you want to wait till Sunday? Uh, no, I'll go ahead and fill them right. in now. It is, well, they made it this far. Credit to them. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, um, so Sunday mentioned, hey, Popeyes chicken's back. I'm going to get the chicken sandwich. Roll up to my local Popeyes. Not a single car in sight. Um, I I send Warren a Snapchat. Love to see it. Very excited. Very, Very excited. excited. Nobody in sight. The Popeyes was still open. Still open for another two hours, so it wasn't like I was going super late. Um, and so I get up to it. I've been thinking about it for the whole ride home. I got a long drive home from the radio You're station. Thinking to about home. it when Thursday. Yeah, true. Thursday. But but you know, like the closer you get, no, you can yeah, start yeah, yeah. tasting sure, it on your sure, lips. For sure. For sure. Uh, gets up to the window because nobody's in the or get to the to the little intercom thing, and he so the guy says, "Hey, can I take your order?" I said, "Yeah, man. Let me get." Some of them chicken sandwiches. Obviously, he didn't say it like that, but um, he goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, we're actually out of the chicken sandwich." <laughs> I I kid you not. My exact words were, "Bro, you guys just restarted selling them today. How the hell are you guys already out?" And credit to this guy. He, he was probably like a 17 or 18 year old kid. And well, I'm you a, know he's been hearing this for the been, last hour, right? Probably. Exactly. And I am very much a. I used to work in the service industry. Like I'm very very polite to. Serve people working in the service industry or the food industry because I had to deal with it for so long. But it just like it was shocking and jarring. I was like, bro, you guys just started selling these hoes today and they're you're, they're gone. And he was like, oh well, you know, we're out of our our daily allotment, our daily. Uh, we're waiting for the other ones to defrost. And I was like, dude, you've got to be kidding me. And so I pulled off, I drove into uh, Wendy's. So you should have stuck around for the two piece meal. No, I had a chicken sandwich. And, no, and that was the other thing. Out of spite, I was not going to give them my money. Because how are you going to bring back a chicken sandwich or bring something back that you know is a hot commodity and then be out of it the what first day? What if they day? had like a thousand defrosted that day and they didn't think they were going to go? It's the one in Princeton too. Like how big of a hot spot Popeyes is the Ex Princeton? Like that's the thing. Like they probably defrosted a ton more than what they had and they're like, holy smokes, we're already out of this. See, I think they did the opposite. I think it was like, hey, we're Princeton. Let's you know we'll we'll defrost like four hundred of them, or maybe they, they didn't out. send them enough. Yeah, because it was in Princeton, and that's on corporate or whatever. Yeah, so that was my that was my uh, I guess you can call it experience. I vowed to never go back to Popeyes again, <laughs> but Sunday night I'm gonna give it another shot. <laughs> yeah, I think you got look. I think you got to wait a couple weeks. 
Yeah. For the crazy. But I drove by one the other day just to see it was an 18 car line in the drive through and just zipped on right. And the people were getting in it. Yeah. Too, as I was pulling in. So that was crazy. But no, our, nothing's crazier than, than Chris, our, our coworker, <laughs> waiting an hour and a half in line yesterday. About 10, though. Justifiably. Yeah, so. And then he got it some today. And he said that the day old chicken Popeye's chicken sandwich was was tastes like a Chick Fil A sandwich, which I don't know if that's the slight on Chick Fil A. I feel like, or it's just a boost to Popeyes. That a day old, but then that means the the the, the it gets fresh, better with age. The fresh sandwich is better than the normal. It gets one. better with age, <laughs> like a fine wine. All right, so that is wraps it up for this uh, ex, uh, elongated episode. You could say here. On Thursday, short thing, sure thing. We'll be back Sunday night, Talk Radio 1190. Uh, no Merrill Hodge this week, I should say. He'll yeah. be back uh, sometime hopefully, next hopefully week. Hopefully early next week. A little scheduling conflict. Um, but, yeah, hopefully early next week we'll reach out. And uh, I can now say, you know, you know the question, the most famous person in your yeah, phone? Merrill Hodge. Merrill Hodge. That's mine. Um, all right. So uh, for Ryan, I'm Warren. We'll talk to you Sunday night, this Sunday night, 7 p.m., Talk Radio 1190. Thanks for listening.